Hallelujah. <clears throat> well, are you ready? Father, we thank you for your word, and we just ask you, Lord, to open our ears to hear your word today. And Father, we just thank you for your word, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. We've been talking about the kingdom of God. He told me to work on the kingdom. This And Romans fourteen seventeen says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And we've talked about all we've been talking about, righteousness. And I was going to talk today about servants of righteousness, but... He said, he reminded me, basically, we talked about it in the coffee shop this morning, Hebrews chapter 5. He says, uh, verse 11, I have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you're dull of hearing. For when the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, are the first principles of the oracles of God, and become as such have need of milk and not strong meat. For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he's a babe. But strong meat belongs to them that are full age or mature, even those who by reason of use or exercise have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And as I was talking, thinking about this, it's very important. He stressed to me, don't go too quick away from righteousness, because we need to understand what the word righteousness means. We need to understand the word of righteousness. The word of righteousness is an exchanged word. It, the word of righteousness is your identity of who you are. And righteousness is, if you know 2 Corinthians 5, what, 21? God made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. That, whose righteousness? Of God. The, in Christ Jesus. So that's an identity word, and we really need to understand the word of righteousness so we can go on to what? Just grow up and have your foundations right and, and to grow up in God. And, and while I'm here, I look down this verse. It says in verse 12, here on verse chapter 6, that you be not slothful, but follow of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Through faith and what? <clears throat> patience. And the word patience is an interesting word. Listen to this. Patience is the quality of a person who is able to avenge himself, yet refrains from doing so. Let me read it again. Patience is the quality of a person who is able to avenge himself, yet refrains from doing so. Did you see that character in Jesus many times? You know, he could have called 10,000 legions of angels if he'd wanted to. And he could have. But he didn't. When he was reviled, what did he do? He reviled not again. Through faith, it's not only just faith, but it's patience. And that's also cheerful endurance. Not just endurance, but cheerful endurance. So, we're going to go on. But, but righteousness, really, it is being holy, being innocent, being just, that which is right in the presence of God. It is, very, it is the very character of God. Jesus took our sin to give us the very character and nature of God. That's who we are in our, in our rebirth. And I want to look at in Hebrews chapter 7 again. In Hebrews chapter 7, yeah. Talking of Jesus, says, For this Melchizedek, talking about Jesus, priest of the Most High, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, 
to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of the first, of first being interpreted. Now, Jesus, this Melchizedek, think about this, being interpreted, king of righteousness, and what? King of righteousness, and king of Salem, which is peace. Righteousness and peace. The kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. God is your righteousness. He is your righteousness. Jesus is your peace. He is the Prince of Peace. The Holy Ghost is your joy. Those three things, what makes up the kingdom? That's what's important in this Christian walk. It says, without father, without mother, uh, without descendant, neither beginning of days nor end of life, but is made like unto the Son of God that abides a priest continually. How long is continually? Forever. That word continually is made up to that word into perpetuality. Perpetual. Forever. Into eternity. Forever. It says, now consider how great this man was, <coughs> that Abraham gave a tenth of his spoil. Verily, and they that are the sons of Levi who received the offering of priesthood have commanded to take tithes of the people according to the law, that is, of their brethren, though they have come out of the loins of Abraham. But he whose descendant is counted from them, the tithes of Abram, are blessed him that had the promise. And without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the greater. Oh, thank you, Lord, for all that. All right, let me go on down here. It says, verse 11, If therefore the perfection, what is perfection? Maturity, the end of the process, were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there for another priest should, that should arise after the order of Melchizedek, of righteousness and peace, and not called after the order of Aaron? For the priesthood being exchanged, say exchanged, that's what that word is. There is a necessity, an exchange of the law. We've been delivered from the law of sin and death, and we've been given the law of life and liberty in Christ Jesus. For he whom these things are spoken of pertain to another tribe, of which no man gave attendance at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord sprang from the tribe of Judah, which Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. And it's yet far more evident, for after the similitude of Melchizedek, there arises another who is made not after the law of carnal commandments, say not after, come on, but after the power of an endless life. Oh, for he testified, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. For there is verily a disannulling of the commandment. What does that mean? A doing away with. Why do you want to try to keep something it's done away with? The law, the old covenant, has done away with. For there it says... For there is verily a disannulling of the commandments going before for the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. For the law, law made nothing perfect. How many did the law make perfect? Nothing. But the bringing in of a better hope did by that which we draw near to God. Boy. You see this. See the whole book of Hebrews was written to the Jewish Christians who were Christians, but they started going back under legalism in the law. I don't know how you can read the book of Hebrews or Galatians and continue in that old thinking. Because it's pretty clear it's done away with, and you're going back under bondage and everything that goes with it. All right. So we read all that down there. For the law made nothing perfect, but this man, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. 
And he, verse 25 says, and he is able to save them to the uttermost. What does that mean? Holy and completely. Them that come unto him by God's sin, he ever lives to make intercessions. And he is a minister of the sanctuary of the true tabernacle, which God pitched and not man. Give me an amen. amen. That's what he's done. Oh, is that good? In Romans 4, we see here, and I want to, I want to read in Romans. Let me go to Romans right quick. So we're going to tarry here a little while until I can say, do you understand the word of righteousness? And you say, I understand the word of righteousness. It's okay if you want to go on. He talks saying, blessed, verse 7, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven, whose sins are covered. I like the word taken away. I hadn't checked that word out of you. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Cometh in blessedness then upon the circumcision only, but also the uncircumcision also. For we say that faith was reckoned to Abraham for what? What was faith reckoned for? Righteousness. Do you know what? Righteousness is the fruit of faith. Hmm. For we say what? Faith was reckoned to Abraham for righteousness. How is it reckoned when he was in uncircumcision? Of circumcision or uncircumcision? Not in circumcision, but uncircumcision. And received the sign, a seal of righteousness, of the faith that he had, yet being uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believe, though they be not circumcised. That righteousness might be imputed unto them, or into them also. And the father of circumcision, to them which are not circumcised only, but to those who walks in the steps of faith of our father Abraham, which he being yet uncircumcised. Oh, listen. For the promise that he should be heir of the world was not to Abraham or his seed. Say, that's me. According to Galatians chapter 3. Okay. But by the righteousness of faith. But by the righteousness of faith. Hmm. That's good stuff, isn't it? That's why we've been justified. In Romans 4.25, it says Jesus was delivered up for our offenses. Thank God he died for our offenses, but he was raised for our justification. What's the difference? You can have your sins forgiven, but not know who you are. See, him being raised makes you a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things are passed away, and all things have become new. Justification means acquittal, the act that declares us right in the presence of God. The resurrection of Christ was necessary for our justification. By faith in that work, we are united in our union with the living Christ. Say union. Union. We are in Christ. We are not saved only by believing that Christ died for us. The devils believe that. But by also our union with him. We were crucified with him. We were buried with him. We were raised with him. We are seated with him together in heavenly places, according to Ephesians chapter 2. And he says, our union with him, the crucified, risen, exalted Savior. Only through our union with our living Savior, who has by the virtue of his atoning death, burial, and resurrection, do we receive forgiveness, justification, and all the blessings of our redemption that Christ has given us. Ephesians 1, 6 and 7 says, To the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. Highly favored. Amen? In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to what? The riches of his grace. Colossians 1, 12 through 14, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet to be partakers of the saints in light, 
who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, hath already, and hath already translated us, not unto the kingdom, but into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Oh, is that good. Habakkuk 2, 4 says, Behold, his soul which is lifted up with pride is not right in him, but the just shall live by God's faith. It's a gift. How many times is that word used, the just shall live by faith? So many times it's used in the scriptures. Hebrews 10.35 says, Cast not away your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward, for you have need of patience, that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For the just shall live by faith, right? But if any man, what? Draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of those that draw back, but them that believe to the saving of the soul. So who's he talking to? Here are people that's messing around with going back under the law. We're not of those that draw back into death or destruction, but those that believe to the saving of the soul. So don't cast away your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience. Now what was patience? The quality of a person who is able to avenge himself, yet refrains from doing so. That's powerful. You understand how powerful that is? Because how many people want to defend themselves? Doesn't matter what it's about. You feel like you have to defend yourself. No, if you know your identity, you don't have to defend yourself. Amen? Amen? That's good. I like it. Romans 1, verse 16 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Don't stop. For therein... Is the righteousness of God revealed in the gospel? Is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith? The righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. The good news of Isaiah 53, what Jesus has done for us, right? It is the power of God unto salvation. Galatians 3, 11 says, But no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, for it is evident the just shall live by faith and faith alone. It's only by his faith that we live. Second Corinthians. Steve was talking about it a while ago. That he that soweth sparingly shall reap sparingly. And he says, every man as he purposes in his heart, let him give not grudgingly of necessity, for God loves the cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always have an all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Now verse 9. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, and his righteousness remains forever. How long is your righteousness going to remain? Forever. That right standing relation is going to remain forever. That's a good promise, saints. Oh, thank you, Lord. Jesus said in John six fifty one through 58, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat this bread, he will live forever. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eats this bread shall live forever, eternal. Why? Because God made Jesus to be sin for us, so we might be made the very righteousness of God in him. 1 Corinthians one thirty said, But of God are you in Christ, who has made unto us or into us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, that according as is written, let him that glory glory in the Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Romans 5, 17, For by one man's offense death reigned for one, 
since we're there, I want to go ahead and read it. Turn with me to Romans 5, 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they that receive the abundance of grace. What kind of grace? But not only that, the gift of righteousness. You see how righteousness and grace go hand in hand? We receive the abundance of grace, but also the gift of being right. Shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of the one. Say, I'm living by the righteousness of another. Oh, that's good. It says, the free gift came into all men. I know it says upon, but guess what? The free gift came into all men. Woo! And into justification of life. Not just unto, into justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, by the obedience of one shall many be made what? Righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. That as sin hath reigned into death, even so might grace reign through righteousness into eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. So why don't you just rest in his righteousness? Why don't you just rest in his grace and righteousness? Just take a deep breath and rest there. Because that's where you are. And what? No man's able to take you out of that. Oh, it's a gift. Romans 4.23 says, Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Put on the new mind. That you put on the new man, which, after God, is created in righteousness and true holiness. You've been remade in the very image of God, in righteousness and true holiness. That's who you are. That's who you are. Philippians 3, nine. Paul was talking about all the things he'd done, and he says that I want to be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Jesus. It's not just faith in Jesus. It's the faith of Jesus. The righteousness which is of God by faith. We don't want to be found in him having our own righteousness. That's, that's religion. That's the law. But the righteousness that was given to us for what Christ did. Verse 4, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. You know, Paul said in Romans 10, in relation before this, he says, my heart's desire for Israel is that they might be saved. But they going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. And he even said, I wish myself a curse for my kinsmen. I would take their curse if they could understand they've been made righteous. That's, that's a pretty good statement. But Christ took that curse so they could be made righteous. Romans 10, 9 through 10. If you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes into righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. 
For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. That's good, isn't it? Hebrews 11 says, Hebrews chapter 1 says, God who at sundry times and divers manners spake in times past unto our fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us through his Son, who has appointed heir of all things by whom he made the worlds, who being in the brightness of God's glory, boy, the expressed image of God's person. That's awesome. You know what God looks like? Jesus. Upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by himself, say by himself, himself. purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, and hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels said he is any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Well, he didn't say that to angels. Again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be my son. Remember last couple of weeks ago when I said this? He never said to one angel, you're my son. But he said to his son, you're my son. But remember what Jesus said when he rose from the dead and he told Mary, go tell my disciples that I am going to my father and your father. I'm going to my God and your God. See, he's the firstborn among many more. He is the firstborn among many more sons and daughters. We're not just, we're sons and daughters. Again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he said, let all the nations worship him. And of the angels, he said, who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire? But unto the Son, he said, your throne, O God, forever is a scepter of righteousness. What kind of scepter? Righteousness. And a scepter of thy kingdom. Righteousness is the kingdom. Say, righteousness is the kingdom. When you talk about the kingdom of God, you're talking about the righteousness of God is the kingdom of God. It's his character. It's his nature. Oh, it's good. Verse 9, you have loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with oil of gladness above your fellows. Wow. And you, Lord, in the beginning have laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the works of your hands. And guess what? All of it's going to perish. Did you know one of these days this heaven and earth is going to perish? Because you know why? Revelation 21 is going to be a new one. This one's going to be exchanged for another one. You think the other one will be better? I think so. He's saving the best for last. It says, it shall all perish, but you remain, and it will wax old as doth the garment. He's talking about the earth and everything that's seen. It's going to get old like a garment. And as the vesture, he's going to fold it up, and it shall be exchanged. Is that word changed? It's going to be exchanged. But you are the same, and your years shall not fail. But to which of the angels said he at any time, set at my right hand, until I make your enemies thy footstool. And what does Ephesians say? That you're seated with him at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places. Oh, that's good. It says, are they not all ministering spirits sent to minister for them that shall be ah, heirs of the kingdom? Paul said he gave up everything for the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, whom I have suffered the loss of all things but do count it as dung that I may 
win Christ and being found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law. And how many of you know when he said about the righteousness of the law, he said blameless. That's a pretty powerful statement. I want to ask Paul about that one of these days. So does that word, that Greek word really mean blameless? Wasn't there just a little bit of that that you were not perfect in, blameless in? It's quite a statement in this day. <clears throat> but he said it. Being found in him, not having my own righteousness. When I meet him, I will be covered with his righteousness, not my own. And you know, that's why Paul said to them in, in Hebrews, you become dull of hearing. Why is that? Because the moment you go back to legalism, there is a veil that it says, even to this day, when you get under the law and reading the law, there's a veil over it. You can't see fully into it. You're blinded. You're confused. And he says, of that veil, it's taken away in Christ. There's no veil in Christ. But they had become dull of hearing because they were slipping back under the law. That's why he said, therefore, leaving those principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on into maturity. We can never go into maturity until we understand the word of his righteousness. Let me say it again. We can never go on and grow up into what Christ has for us until we understand the word of righteousness. 2 Corinthians 3.18, we all beholding in the mirror the glory of the Lord, Jesus, are being exchanged into that very image, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is here to exchange us into his very image and grow us up. But we have to understand our identity. And we've got to have our foundations laid right. <clears throat> and Paul said, no other foundation can any man lay than that which was laid, which is Christ Jesus. Right? So we have to understand that before we can go on. Jesus is the author and what? Finisher of our faith. But you know in Hebrews 2 it says that he is bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their, per- their salvation perfect through suffering. For both they, that's Hebrews 2, 10, 11 if you want it, for both he that sanctifieth and they that are sanctified are all in union as one. What is that saying? That you are in union with Christ. What's so hard about all this? What's so complicated about this? See, Paul says, I pray that your minds might not be blinded from the simplicity that's in Christ. Because the God of this world wants you blinded. And I remember the the Sunday Steve was standing right here preaching. And he read this verse. Lie not one to another, seeing that you put off the old man with his deeds. And have put on, means sink into a garment, the new man. Which is renewed, or exchanged, into the knowledge after the image of him that created him. You've been recreated recreated into the image of him that first created you. That's what he's done to us. He's recreated us. I'd read it many times, but it just hit me that we've been recreated. See, Genesis says God made man in his own image. In the image of God created he him male and female, created him in his very image. We've been recreated into the very image of God. 
but better than Adam and Eve because they didn't eat the tree of life, and we have. We have the Zoe life of God living in us, and we're living in the very Zoe life of Jesus Christ. Well, can we go on? Well, Hebrews 12 says, No chastening for the present seems to be joyous but grievous. Nevertheless, afterwards it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those that are exercised thereby. The peaceable fruit of righteousness to those that are exercised thereby. James three seventeen eighteen says, The fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. The fruit of righteousness is peace. Sounds like Isaiah 32. The work of righteousness shall be peace. The effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance. And my people shall dwell in a peaceable habitation in quiet resting places. The fruit of righteousness is peace. How does that work? Kingdom of God is righteousness. Jesus exchanged our sin for his righteousness. And then comes the peace. The prince of peace. And then the Prince of Peace says, Tarry till you be endued with joy from on high. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's simple. Psalms 85.10 says, Mercy and truth have met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. I guess they're pretty close together, aren't they? They like each other. Righteousness and peace likes each other. Isaiah 61, 11, For as the earth brings forth her bud, and the garden causes the things that sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause. Say, will cause. And he is causing right now. Righteousness and praise to spring forth before all nations. What's going to spring before all nations? Righteousness and praise. It's going to... Whoa. And Jesus said, These people have I formed for myself, and they will show forth my praise in Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah 62, 1 and 2, For Zion's sake I will not hold my peace. For Jerusalem's sake I will not rest until righteousness thereof go forth as brightness and salvation as a lamp that burns. And the Gentiles shall see thy righteousness. See, don't take for granted the fact that you see that you are the righteousness of God. The Gentiles will see that they are righteous. The Gentiles will see thy righteousness and all the kings your glory. And you will be called by a new name. Exchanged. You all got it. Which the mouth of the Lord shall call. Woe. So arise and shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Revelation 2.17 says, To him that overcome will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone. And in that stone is a new name written, which no man knoweth, save he that receive it. Praise the Lord. Romans chapter 1, Paul said he is a servant, a bond servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to stop right there because that's the starting in on my new mixes. Servants of righteousness. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your word. And Lord, help us to understand what the word of righteousness, our identity in you really means. And Lord, let us not be just hearers of the word, but doers of the word. 
And Lord, we can come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need because, Lord, you made us accepted in the beloved. And Father, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. It's a good word of righteousness. Okay, we can go on now.